Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. This is another edition of Tarot Talk and Astro Update. Yes, it is. So I guess I'll start today talking about tarot cards and can they really tell the future? Oh, yes, they can. End, so? of, end of session. Boom. <laughs> oh, done. Drop, <laughs> done. Drop the mic. Walk away. Bum. Tarot cards are mysterious inked images painted on scraps of paper that are reputed to tell the future and fortune of those who seek its wisdom. Devised and developed in the 15th century, tarot cards were only afforded by the wealthy who paid to have them commissioned by Renaissance artists to enhance their leisurely card playing activities. Tarot cards were not intended, at least not initially, for divination purposes. In fact, in the 14th century, a regular deck of playing cards were used for fortune telling known as cardomancy. So how did the tarot wind up as a future-telling device, and did they actually tell the future? In the 1770s, famed occultist Atelia started using the tarot for divination. He believed the tarot held the great secrets of Egyptian mythology and the power of the gods. He studied tarot cards, wrote books about the subject, and built a business as a tarot card reader. He was, in fact, the first professional tarot card reader that we know about of in history. As his work developed, other occultists took notice and began taking a special interest in the tarot. This is when the tarot surpassed regular playing cards as a primary tool for divination practice. The tarot's 78 cards each represent a theme, event, person, or situation that reflect trials and tribulations of the human experience. As the cards are placed together in special positions, known as a spread, the imagery blends together to form a story. The tarot card reader interprets the illuminating story and relays the message to the sitter or the one asking the questions. Many readers interpret the card imagery at face value. For example, if the card shows a person with his back turned, walking away, the reader will tell the sitter that they will be walking away from a situation or someone will be walking away from them, depending on the surrounding cards. If the reader sees a man giving money to those in need, the reader may indicate that the sitter will be paid soon, received a gift or some form of charity, or the sitter themselves may give money, time, or gifts away to others. Another method of tarot reading requires the reader to interpret the symbology in the cards. For example, a card showing a sword erect and a strong fist protruding from the sky would focus on the symbolic meaning of the sword. In symbolic terms, the sword alone means intellect and a sword extending to you from the sky would indicate power. Therefore, this card indicates a powerful new idea is sweeping into your life. Many tarot readers combine face value and symbolic interpretations to translate the meanings in the cards. So can tarot cards tell the future? Well, the answer is yes and no. It can depend on a number of factors. The tarot is a tool of trajectory. Typically, the story in the cards indicates where one is headed in the future based off of where one has been in the past or present. 
If you received a reading and you do not like the results presented in the cards, then you can always change it. That is one of the nice things about the tarot. It isn't necessarily set in stone. If you have a goal that you are not set up to reach, the tarot can warn you of this so that you can step back and reevaluate. The tarot can even indicate what you may need to work on in order to get to that goal. In other words, the tarot can show you how to change your trajectory to better aim at your target. In this way, the tarot works as a tool of empowerment, assisting you to create the life you want and make your own destiny. Factor two is timing. The timing of tarot readings are also key. Tarot readings work based on the fixed point in time when one receives the reading. The tarot predicts what will happen from the point moving forward. However, after the reading, new variables can throw the reading off course. For example, if you ask the tarot if you should take that job in St. Louis, and the cards come back and say, quote, sure, that would be a good oh, move for no, you. Oh, no, no. See, I would say hell no. <laughs> then you may start packing your bags. However, after a few weeks go by, you may learn of another variable that may stop you from moving forward. A close-by parent, friend, child, etc. becomes very sick, and you feel you cannot leave, or your present job offers you a big raise to stay, the stock market drops a billion points, your financial resources become unavailable, etc. <laughs> These unseen unknown factors could delay or even change the course of the original reading. That is why it is important to stay open and roll with the circumstances as they come up. It does not mean you will not make it to St. Louis. It may just mean it won't happen on the timeline you were expecting. You know, some people say the timing you can predict with the suits. But um, that's one thing that a lot of people with predictions say the cards are very hard Whereas astrology, you can get more specific with time frame. I think you're right. Astrology, I think, is more accurate in a lot of ways mm -hmm. because tarot is always up to the interpretation of the reader, mm -hmm. whereas astrology is more of a science. I feel yeah. like it's more math based. And, yeah. Yeah. Trajectory with the planets and all that jazz. So. Factor three is the reader. Um, if mm -hmm. you are seeking answers of a divinary nature, then finding a tarot reader with a solid reputation is important. Like we just said, as with any industry, there are good and bad professionals out there. So it's important to do your research to find the right reader for you. If you choose a reader who lacks experience and is underconfident or worse yet, is actually a genuine con artist, then you most likely will not have a good experience. Research reviews online the years of experience each reader has with tarot and the demand for the reader's services. Are they booked far out in advance? If so, this may be a sign of how good they really are. So just like we said, it's up to the interpretation of the tarot reader. Some of them are very psychic, and so you might be getting more of a psychic reading. Mm -hmm. Some of them are very connected to the cards and use their intuitive abilities through the cards, so you just never quite know. But finding a really good, reputable tarot reader i think is very important as and, well and one who vibes with your language too because it's all about energy exchange yes your energy if you're shuffling i'm one of the tarot readers that let people shuffle the cards to yeah. get their energy into it um so if you're not vibing with each other's energy it can throw the reading off sure that's true. you want to like the person who's reading the cards. You want to be you. able to connect to that person, make a, a bit of a bond. Because mm -hmm. sometimes tarot readers can, or tarot readings can get quite personal and emotional. Yeah. So you want to feel like you're safe enough to have that connection with the reader. So, yeah. yeah. Also, if you're bringing a friend along or a family member, it can interfere with your reading mm -hmm. because their energy, if it's strong, 
will block your energy. True. Or the the sitter will feel insecure about that person being there mm-hmm. and maybe curb their answers because they don't want to be judged or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, that's what I have for the tarot talk today. Awesome. Uh, Carol, what do you have? Well, in astrology, I think... Uh, I'm going to cover some fascinating astrological events that might pique your interest. Um, I know most of you are probably familiar with the term solar return in Mm. Western astrology. Okay. It's that reading you often get on your birthday, right? Well, this concept tracks the influence of planets for the year ahead as the sun returns to its original position in your birth chart. This is an annual occurrence. On the flip side, in Vedic astrology, there's a strong emphasis on something known as sad sadi. Oh, yes. Remember that, Yeah, Holly? I do. I do. <laughs> so what exactly is sad sadi? It's when everything goes to shit in your life. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. It's, it's when Saturn transits the house before and after the position of the moon in your birth chart. So this period can last for about seven and a half years and usually occurs two to three times in a person's lifetime. Mm. The first cycle of Sad Sadi often begins around the ages of 27 to 29. And I remember when we went to um, a Vedic astrology uh, reading together. Yeah. Um, our astrologist said, oh, you guys are both in your Sad Sadi yeah. period. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And we thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but that happens if you're close in age. That's, you know, sure, that pretty common. Yeah. So in Sad Sadi, the cycle unfolds in three stages. First of all, when Saturn transits the sign before your moon sign, um, certain things happen during that first period of time. And then the second stage is when it's in your moon sign. And then the third stage is when it moves to the sign after your moon sign. So each stage brings its own set of experiences from separation in the first stage to transformation in the second stage to rejuvenation in the third stage. And while it might seem very challenging in going through this, it's important to note that the intensity of sadsadi can vary. So in Western astrology, we're all familiar with the concept of Saturn return. And that relates to the zodiac sign Saturn was in when you were born. And this typically impacts us for about three years. So um, that's kind of the Western's uh, version of Sad Sadi. Mm -hmm. Now, let's take a look at who's currently experiencing their Saturn return. Saturn entered Pisces on March 7th, 2023, and will remain there until February 2026. Yes, if your birthday falls between May 1st, 1993 and June 30th of 1993, or if you were born on January 28th, 1994 to April 7th, 1996, you're currently undergoing your first Saturn return. Congratulations. Yes, that would be my daughter. Oh, (laughs) my goodness. If you were born in the mid-1960s, it's your second time. And for those born in the late 1930s, 1935 to 1938, you're probably in the midst of your third Saturn return. That would be my mother. Mm. Yes. So Saturn returns are periods of significant life changes and growth, marking important milestones like getting married, starting families, or making substantial career decisions. Mm. Now, I think it's crucial to understand the United States as a nation is currently undergoing its Sad Sadi period. 
Oh, really? It is. That's interesting. Yeah. So this phase started January 23rd, 2020. <laughs> interesting timing, That's about isn't right. It? Yeah. Yep. And is set to conclude on March 23rd, 2028. So that is when the Jumanji game ends, people. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get me off of this <laughs> ride. 2028. Mm-hmm. March, you say? Mm-hmm. So that will be... Another presidential election year. There'll be a new president at the end. So we got to get through another four years of crap, whatever Biden <laughs> v. Trump, apparently. So yeah. astrologers base their predictions on the signing of the declaration chart. So they pull up the sign, you know, the signing of the declaration and use that as the U.S. chart. Uh-huh. Some of them do Fourth of July. Um, so it just depends which astrologer you're talking to, but Saturn is positioned in the second house in the U S chart, indicating a period often characterized by financial setbacks. Oh, it is interesting to note that Donald Trump during the time of his presidency was in his sod Saudi. Really? And it ended for him January 5th, 2021. Now, if that wait, date- wait, 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 January 5th, 21. Yes. So the day before the quote unquote insurrection, January 6th, 2021. I was wondering if you were <laughs> going to put very put those events together. Yes, I did. So often the events that happen at the tail end of our Saad Saadi sets the course for the next cycle of years ahead. In the third Saad Saadi cycle, it is helping to once and for all define a person's total character for good or bad or help you leave a legacy. So we'll just see. History will ultimately decide this one. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you would find that. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Pretty, very, pretty uh, coincidental. Yeah. Huh. Now, notably, during the eclipses last spring, there were predictions of significant disruptions in our financial markets, potential economic depression, alterations in currency dynamics, shifts in banking practices, And we even brought up the possibility of a housing crisis. However, these anticipated events have not fully materialized. Some economists speculate that these circumstances might be artificially sustained due to the ongoing political climate. However, astrologists say it really is the kickoff with one set of solar eclipses, and then it comes to completion on the other end of the solar eclipses within the same year. This fall, we have another series of eclipses, specifically in October, with a solar eclipse on the 18th and a lunar eclipse on the 28th. Yeah, so these forthcoming eclipses might either accelerate the aforementioned processes that, you know, I talked about earlier, or prompt a reconsideration of all these financial concerns. In the context of a Saad Saadi period, particular attention is paid to the eighth house in a chart. In the case of the United States chart, Gemini occupies the eighth house. So while the eighth house is often associated with themes of death, it represents secrecy, espionage, responsible management of others' finances and debts. Despite its connection to death, This house is more concerned with delving into occult, taboo, and psychological matters. So its manifestation is typically um, very intense. It's Scorpio-like energy. So we're all joining a cult? One thing to note is that if you have 
um, your north node in the eighth house, that can represent long life for you. Oh, I have that. So oh, well, it's good, not all bad. Good for you. It's not all bad. <laughs> yeah. But it also means you're probably, you know, plotting secret things behind closed doors. Yeah. You're going to, are you going to start a cult? No. It's trying to tell us? No. I, I wish. Should. That'd be cool. I join it. I just don't have time for a cult <laughs> these days, you know, all the marketing involved. Well, just but can't if you become a cult leader, you get all your followers to do all the work for you, and then you can just lounge around and enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. That's I think I already do. have a cult. Oh. It's the members don't know they're in my cult. <laughs> yes, we do, Carol. It's a secret cult. <laughs> <laughs> we know what's going on. <laughs> so in Vedic astrology, there's a concept of Gandanta. And if you haven't heard of that, it's called the Gandanta point, and it's very significant. This occurs when Mars occupies the final three degrees of Cancer joined by Venus. In this zone, it's considered the drowning point. Literally, it's called the drowning point. Hmm. And it represents an area where the influence of a planet is concealed. The planet's full impact diminishes and then resurfaces in the subsequent sign, which would be Leo at the third degree. This transformation marks a period of potential upheaval. Astrologers have speculated about a major event in September, which we've all already talked about. Yeah. And this configuration, coupled with Saturn's retrograde motion in Aquarius in the fourth house of the USA chart, suggests a transformative phase. It also, um, we talked about the Yacht of God and yeah. that formation in August Yes, as kind of the hints for what we might see play out in the next month. Okay. So these issues might persist, though, for around four years, hmm. reaching a peak of intensity. Do you think it's another pandemic? I have no idea. Mm. I hope not. I hope not either. It's important to remain prepared and understand that this transformation aims to elevate our spiritual awareness globally. I firmly believe that what affects the United States also reverberates worldwide, emphasizing our interconnectedness. Planetary returns occur in all signs, but not all are considered equally significant. You can have a Jupiter return reading. You can have your Saturn return reading. Of course, we have the solar return, which is really important for most people. They are typically the most influential readings that will impact your life hmm. regarding karma and fortune. Yeah. For example, Jupiter will bring about expansion and enlightenment, while Saturn being the planet of karma prompts us to realign with our life's purpose. And the sun return involves the reaffirmation of our identity. Vedic astrology measures human life across 120 years which leads to Saturn returning to a moon sign three times. Okay. In Western astrology, it's more about Saturn revisiting the sign in the natal chart. I encourage each of you to determine your upcoming Saturn return and remaining time until the next return. A professional reading can provide valuable insights for navigating these transformative years. My own experience during my Sadsadi involved marriage, a positive outcome as Saturn does signify commitment rooted in higher principles. However, I also faced the loss of both of my parents, a very challenging lesson that contributed significantly to my growth over the seven and a half years. Looking back, these times, despite significant changes, proved also to be very rewarding. 
The recent new moon on August 16th held particular significance due to its occurrence at the 29th degree of Cancer, denoting a critical juncture. Critical degrees in water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, signal transitional phases. This phase might evoke feelings of struggling for control amidst life's turbulence, much like a rowboat caught in a storm. You literally might feel like you're drowning. According to astrologers, famous individuals such as Dennis Wilson and Natalie Wood, who met untimely ends by drowning, all had planets at this degree. Oh, really? Considering the current hurricane season, these aspects may indicate an above-average occurrence of powerful hurricanes this season. Adding to this, Uranus closely squared the new moon, setting off the events in August, uh, along with the Yod con- Configuration, and we would continue into September. Do you think that has something influences. to do with the hurricane in California that's so rare? It's hard to say because, yeah, I mean, I do think we're going to have a bigger hurricane season hmm. in general. Yeah, so that it was unusual. Been. Yeah, it was unusual for California to get a hurricane because the West Coast hardly ever gets anything like that. Yeah, and so. they had an earthquake too, I heard. Oh, they did? So they had a double whammy. Oh, shoot. Uranus is known for sudden unforeseen incidents, and it holds a strong influence on, you know, worldwide global events. Hmm. The period from September to December, during which Saturn aligns with the U.S. natal moon, coupled with our ongoing Sad Sadi, suggests challenges this year, especially in our political leadership. Joe Biden's Saturn is situated at his south node, which is a karmic point, and it adds complexity to his leadership. And Saturn's impending retrograde in its own sign, Aquarius, will span three months from the end of August, potentially leading to a very difficult period personally. So if you're curious about your personal Saturn return experience, I can provide a calculator link in the credits. Additionally, you should also check on your Sadsadi calculations. I think there are free ones that you can also put in your information online. And each sign Saturn return has distinct lessons. For example, Saturn in Aries relates to mastering competitive tendencies and adhering to objective morality over desires. Saturn return in Taurus, of course, relates to you and your money habits and your attachments to money. Remember, it's not all gloom and doom. This period can be rewarding as Saturn values diligence and hard work. Challenges might arise, but they're designed to facilitate your growth. The advice for everyone is to step out of your comfort zones, embrace the hard work, and avoid any shortcuts. Karma rewards genuine effort and resilience. The zigzag path of progress is the norm, and setbacks are often followed by greater strides. New skills, self-improvement, and amends making are also very vital during this time. Stress is inevitable, but navigating it with acceptance is key. Saturn's returns teachings will always help identify detrimental habits and toxic relationships, facilitating also your personal growth. They can be called blessed endings. Hmm. Let's eagerly anticipate our transformative September to remember. I am dying to see what's going to happen in September. Like it's got a lot of buildup to it. It's probably going to be nothing now that like every time somebody like really builds something up, I always laugh. I hope it's aliens. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Only if they're friendly. I, <laughs> I, I'm kind of out on that, like thinking that they're not going to be or that it's a fake 
you know, operation False that flag. it's just our own government doing it or some some and other could be country. True. I was watching a podcast today, Sean Ryan podcast, I think is his name. He had Brennan Fugel on, who's the owner of Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, wow. That was pretty cool because um, he was telling his story about how he acquired the ranch and his initial plan was to give it to like the Boy Scouts to use because oh. he was like, yeah, I wasn't interested in aliens because yeah. i get the boy scouts of, abducted yeah. yeah why not well, he was like i was a skeptic he was i didn't think there was anything going on out there that was paranormal but he bought it from bigelow who had owned it and he was just like okay well it's a beautiful piece of property i'll just buy it and i don't think there's really anything going on out there he goes and then they had a request from some guy who was a doctor I think he said he had worked Area 51 and he wanted to go out and see the ranch. And so Brennan Fugel was like, yeah, okay, sure. And the guy came out and he had like some security with him or something. Interesting. So, yeah. So they went out there and he's like, yeah, we were walking around and Eric Bard, who's on that show, The Secret of the Skinwalker Ranch, he was there and his phone was blinking out. All their phones died. All the batteries drained. Oh, wow. He didn't think it, Brandon Fuel didn't think it was that weird. He goes, but one of the security guards who were total skeptics and thought this stuff was nonsense. He goes, they just, one of them disappeared and they couldn't find him. So he goes, we were looking for him and I went around the corner of Homestead 2, which is where most of that stuff happens. Yeah. Most of the paranormal stuff. He goes, I run around the corner and I see him in the Jeep and he's standing up and he's like really big guy. He's like 6'6". Six, six. He's just standing there and he's not moving. He goes, and all of a sudden... I couldn't hear anything. It was like, whoa. Yeah. He goes, it was like your ears are underwater or something. He goes, it was all muffled. Ew. And he's like, I was walking towards the Jeep and I was calling to him. He was just standing in the Jeep looking. I can't remember if he said he was looking up or looking straight across, but just not moving. So he said he called to him several times. So he was like in a trance. Yeah. So he finally, he got up to the Jeep. He goes, all of a sudden the, the sound clicked back on. And I called his name and he turned and he looked at me and he goes, that was weird. He goes, what? He goes, I couldn't move. <gasps> I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. Oh my gosh. It's like waking. Um, what is that? Sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Yeah. So he goes, how long have I been here? And Brandon Fugel's like, I don't know, 10 minutes maybe. He goes, so that was weird. And then we got back in our cars and we were leaving, going down the road. And all of a sudden, one of the guys radioed to his car and said look up look up and he goes and i looked up and there right in front of us was a ufo right there oh he goes and it was gosh. in that moment he goes i knew what i was looking at was nothing i'd ever seen before i didn't know what it was but it was and it just blinked out of there so fast he goes that's when i became an experiencer he goes and i suddenly realized oh shit, we've got to do something. This has to be a paranormal research facility. Yeah. This has to be, we have to continue the work because there's something going on here. Well, that's good that he realized that before the Boy Scouts camped out. Yeah, yeah right. That, I would feel bad for them if <laughs> right, something happened. I feel bad. Um, so anyway. But you've so, heard, but you've heard, um, I mean, I think they're here already. I mean. I think so too. I don't know if you've heard about that um, huge story going around i think it's peru where they're battling aliens right now on what? the ground <laughs> i'll have to try and find it 
so you guys can read the story Legit or watch the videos. Aliens? Supposedly, yeah. I mean, it's from a number of sources. I don't know if they're just all like having fun with these gags that they're doing or or if this is real. But um, huh. yeah, supposedly like they're kind of reptilian um, looking like really? creatures. And I would so, think that would be all. Of course, the news nowadays doesn't cover anything. Anything fun. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'll try and find the story. Maybe but we should do our I'm, tarot reading on that. Maybe we should. But I kind of wanted to do like our our horoscopes on individual signs and what's going to happen to them this September. But we don't have to. I just kind of found that kind of fun. Maybe we let's see. Maybe we should do that one next. The, the next Tarot Talk Astro Update. We'll do what's going to happen each sign. In September. In September, because it will be in It'll September. It'll be in September. But yeah. then it's too late, Holly. Well, no, because you said it would be the latter half. Oh, yeah. Okay. That would be good. Let's do that. Okay, let's do that. So, so you want to do reptilian I conflict I want to find war. out, yeah, who are the people in Peru who are fighting. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll be right back. Carol, what um, deck are you using? I am using the Phantomized Tarot uh, by Aaron Morgenstern. This Aaron is from the Night Circus yeah, person? Yeah, the author. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those are cool. I've talked about her in the past. You have. I think yeah. she's a great writer. Mm -hmm. So I, um, before we did our, you know, shuffling of the cards, I pulled up just to make sure it was in Peru. And there are many, many articles about this online. But one I just randomly pulled up from LiveMet.com livement.com said um, in Peru, local residents of a village claim seven foot aliens were floating and, and armored attacked them. So they have like some sort of tech. They sound like Ninja Turtles to me. <laughs> However, um, when law enforcement officials were questioned, they said, you know, they suspect it was a crime syndicate that was gold mining. Okay. And after villagers, you know, compared the attackers with aliens or green goblins, um, <laughs> they, you know, took the debate in a new direction and claimed that the so-called aliens are likely um, gold mafias belonging to the drug cartels. But the problem with that is that, you know, they're telling everybody just to stay locked in their homes and away from the gold pits and all of this stuff. So... It's hard to know what's really going on when people aren't allowed to really investigate. Mm -hmm. And according to witnesses, they say that on July 11th, locals started complaining of these attacks by seven foot tall creatures clothed in dark colored hoodies or hoods. Hmm. To me, aliens, I don't think would be in hoodies or hoods. No, I just don't see that. I don't think so. Uh, but they said that they're all scared. Um, sure. And that they've actually shot at them with guns, but they don't fall. They rise again and mm -hmm. then they just disappear. Um, another school teacher who was interviewed said that the strange alien creatures were flying from the ground up. So mm -hmm. whoever they are, they must have really great state of the art technology. Yeah, they probably to do. fool these people. Sure. So um, what did you get for your reading? So I'm using the Trip and Wait uh, Tarot. Um, I got the Queen of Cups, the Nine of Swords, the Knight of Cups, and the and I did a clarifying card of the Five of Swords. What I'm taking from this is from the Queen of Cups. Either there's somebody in the village, a woman who's got a lot of influence, and she's the one panicking everybody, saying that this is an alien attack, 
Or somebody who knows how to play off the fears of their superstitions, knowing they're a very superstitious people, and is trying to play into that to distract them from trying to get to the gold mine, mm. would be my guess. So this is being, I think, led by a woman or a very strong intuitive ability to manipulate the people. Mm -hmm. well, I, was, I think it was first witnessed by a woman. So okay. that could also... She maybe stirred that up then. It, it could be her mm -hmm. first reporting that stirred it yeah. up because that is in first position That's for right. you. That's so, right. Starting point. And then we have the Nine of Swords, which means people are genuinely stressed out about this. They're oh my freaked gosh. out. They're having nightmares. Um, they don't know what to do. They don't feel safe. They're filled with anxiety and paranoia, and they, nobody will listen to them. No one takes them seriously. Um, the Nine of Cups makes me think that there will be an offering made, some kind of um, an agreement proposed to be left alone, some kind of please leave us, you know, we'll do whatever you want, but just stop terrorizing us. And um, I think that gives them what they want because the five of, of swords shows the battle is over and people, this guy in particular in the front is happy about the outcome. And I think he's the one that's exploiting the fears of these people to get what he wants or get access. Mm. But I don't really feel like there's an alien thing going on. So I drew the Hierophant as my first card, the two of pentacles, the page of swords, and my clarifying card was the king of wands. So I feel like with the Hierophant, there is an organized um, group planning all of this. It's very tactical. It's a lot of thought put behind it. To me, it's well-made plans. And the approach is all about resources. So the Two of Pentacles is finding the right resources, balancing um, how to manage your resources and the fact that you know already the police are saying you know this is probably the drug cartel protecting the gold mines right to me when you draw a pinnacle card that's leaning to materials and gold and resources so i i'm kind of leaning that yeah. way that yeah. that's probably the true story sure however um we know aliens do um, like come gold. to planets to mine take, gold to take or gold. to take the reason. So who knows that, you know, that still doesn't tell me definitively who it is. But the Page of Swords is all about the next step, which is taking action. Sword cards really require taking mm -hmm. action, being prepared, being on guard. And I feel like they're going to come up with a way to get to the bottom of it and to investigate and to protect themselves because my clarifying card is the king of wands and he is going to bring about inspiration and basically kind of, hey, let's all come out of our houses. There's nothing to fear. We're mm -hmm. going to like, mm -hmm. like you said, we're going to make an agreement. We're going to announce that this is going to happen and all will be well. And it's interesting that you got the Hierophant, the Page of Swords, and the King of Wands, and I got the Queen of Cups and the Nine of Cups. So we got a lot of people involved in this. We do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, no moon, no star card, no yeah. space Nothing, indication. Nothing space indicated here. So if so. they're coming, they're coming from the ground. <laughs> they're coming from the core of the earth. In symbolic terms, the sport, <laughs> no. Or help you define a person's, or help, sorry. <laughs> We're all joining a court, a cult. Speaking of cults, um, did you hear that Tom Cruise left Scientology? <gasps> really? Yeah. Truthfully? Well, I heard on TikTok, so who knows if it's true. 
As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.